Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be a more productive you. And one of the ways I do that is I hold webinars every once in a while, and I'm going to have one this Saturday, April 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern. I'm calling it How to Be Productive Every Day. It's a free live webinar. There will no be any slides. Note, there will not be any slides. It'll just be me live on camera sharing what I know on how you can be productive. But no, there will not be a replay, so you have to attend live. So if this is something you're interested in, this Saturday, April 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, the webinar, How to Be Productive Every Day. The link to sign up is in the show notes, or you can go to my website, mrproductivity.com. Click the banner at the top of the page. Today in the show, Rich Horvath. He's the CEO of Strategic Thinking Institute, and he has helped more than 100,000 managers develop their strategic thinking skills. Now, I apologize up front for making you think on the show, but it's going to be worth it. So let's get to it. Rich, welcome to the show. Mark, great to be with you today. I am super excited to have you on the show, Rich, and I'll tell you why. It's because we are going to be talking about strategic thinking. And the reason why I'm excited about having you on the show is I think, especially during this time of our lives, during this global pandemic, I think a lot of people are not thinking as much. And so we're going to take that thinking idea and we're going to make it even magnified to strategic thinking. But before we get started, why don't you take about 20 seconds or so, tell the audience who you are and what you do. Sounds good, Mark. So I've had my own business for about 18 years, and my passion, my mission is really to help individuals think strategically day in and day out so that they become more effective and more efficient at what they do. So I love your podcast because it really marries up with what I'm passionate about. What I'm trying to do is really help people think strategically so they can set direction for their business, for their lives, and really live live more successfully, more happily, and more profitably, whatever that may mean to them. Well, thank you for those kind words, but let's start the the baseline here and define for us what you mean by strategic thinking. So we're all on the same page. Sure. Strategic thinking is your ability to look at a situation and understand what is the new value that I can bring to this situation. So it might be with customers. It might be with colleagues internally. It might be solving a problem. But it really is the ability to come up with new insights that bring new value to a situation. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Mark, with the situation that we're all in today, one of the things we find is that everybody's very reactive and we're reacting to what's happening. There's a lot of information coming at us. But what I found is that the, the people, and if you study history, the people that are most successful are the ones that are really able to step back look at a situation and say to themselves, what's the value that I can bring to this situation? And then go about creating a plan to deliver on that value. I love that. What's the value? And you also said something very key is stepping back. And what I see a lot of people, because you mentioned reactive, a lot of people doing knee-jerk reaction. If 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 you're not sure what knee-jerk reaction is, Go look on Twitter and look at the trending hashtags. And some people are excited about getting their stimulus checks. Some people are mad. And it's like those, what happened is 
it's a knee-jerk reaction. People aren't thinking because you can tell they're not spelling words correctly. They're they're probably really angry as you're typing on their iPhones or whatever. And and what we need to do is always take a step back. And I think I'm not alone in this. You're probably with me on this. Is when you take a moment to take a breath, whether you count to ten or change your state or whatever, you're going to make a better decision than if you do a reactive decision. Now, certainly there are those people who have to make decisions in the moment, firefighters, the healthcare professionals who are treating these people around the world, you know, you're on the front lines of a war. They have to make really quick decisions. But I think for the vast majority of us, and please disagree with me if I'm wrong here, we have the opportunity to take a step back, even if it's for 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah, Mark, that's absolutely true. And, you know, the interesting thing is you talked about some of the healthcare workers and, you know, I, I've known some uh, some uh, surgeons that work in trauma units at Cook County Hospital and other facilities. And one of the things I've, I've really admired about them is they do step back, even in those amazingly pressurized situations, they're not just reacting. Certainly they're using instincts, but, but to your point, they are actually mentally stepping back. Sometimes it's for a much shorter period of time, but they do step back to kind of go through their checklists, to go through their, um, their, their situation analysis, if you will, to really understand what is the holistic thing happening here and then how, how should we best proceed? So I, I agree with you. I think for most of us that are in business that are not healthcare providers, uh, we do have more time to step back, but it's easy, especially today to get sucked into that whirlwind of activity of, of, like you said, of the, the noise online and social media. And again, you know, what, what I try to, to counsel folks is, is really, again, if you, if we're not able to bring new value, then people are going to tune us out. Mm. So whatever whatever occupation, whatever vocation we're in, whether it's a for-profit or non-profit, we need to really think about what's the new value that we're providing. And again, given the changing landscape, one of the things that I've been talking to a lot of folks about lately is how are we delivering that value in different ways now? Because obviously, we're working remotely for mo- most folks, and it's a different situation. So for a lot of people now, it's how do we deliver that value differently? You know, in another lifetime, many years ago, I was a medic on an ambulance up in Rochester, New York, one of the suburbs. And I remember we went to this really bad motor vehicle accident. And I'll never forget, I was like new. I was really wet behind the ears. And, you know, we had a paramedic there. And this guy was cool as a cucumber in the produce section of your local grocery store. He said, <laughs> you need to go get me the XYZ. I don't remember what the, what it was. And I'm like, um, I don't know what it, he goes. Really calmly, turned to me, he says, in the rig, left-hand side. It's, I mean, he was really calm. And here's the thing. If he would have been freaking out or getting angry with me, it would have shut me down. But because he calmed down, it allowed me to step back, listen to him, got what he needed, and all was good. And so you're right. Even in cases of emergency, we can take that moment, a few seconds, to step back and, and make sure we're making the right decisions. Mark, I love that example because it, it, it speaks to, I think, something so important for leaders today that, that, you, that you really brought the spotlight on there is the tone gets set at the top. Mm-hmm. So if you're a leader of people and you're reacting and you're, you know, you're, you're getting emotional about things when you don't need to, that's going to cascade throughout the organization, even if it's a, a small company. So you're right. 
that 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 calmness that that person was able to transfer to the situation is is something that you remember to this day. And so again for all the leaders out there, I think you bring up a great point. You know, you really set the tone with your demeanor, your your style, your approach and and I think it's even shown more brightly in situations like today when there is a crisis involved. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about how we can, you know, serve these weren't your words, but how we can serve in a crisis like this. Some of the people I really enjoy watching is like someone like a Brendan Burchard or a Tony Robbins. You know, these thought leaders are out there. They're doubling down on serving the world. They're not sitting there going, Oh my goodness, I'm going to spend all my time on social media and I'm going to, I'm going to dive in to the pandemic uh, paranoia. And I call it par- pandemic paranoia of people who are not like looking at the solutions or diving into social media. What they're doing is trying to help people. And I think if more people did what Brendan suggests and what I'm doing, I check I check email maybe a total of 45 minutes a day. I check social media like in the morning for about 15 minutes and I watch my evening newscast for about 25 minutes. That's it. So the rest of the time I am choosing to serve my audience. Now, I, I like a lot of people, I lost a lot of clients because when they lost their jobs, you know, for some reason, Rich, I don't get this. They'd rather pay for housing and food than hire a coach. I don't get that, but it would be that <laughs> as it may. But you know what? I didn't sit there and sulk. I didn't become an Eeyore from the Winnie the Pooh. For those of you who don't know the reference, go Google it. I decided, you know what? I still have my same skill set. And so I'm going to serve by doing webinars and podcasts and, and social media posts and really help people because I do not want to be part of the problem where I'm piling on to all the other stuff that's going on. I want to say, look, at yeah, we're going to get through this, okay? I don't know when, next month, six months. I have no idea. But we're going to get through this, and I want to be part of the solution instead of being part that is piling on with all the chaos. Yeah, Mark, I love that approach of, of being part of the solution. And, you know, I was doing a little uh, little research before before uh, meeting with you. And one of the interesting things, if you go back to Isaac Newton, we all know Isaac Newton from our, our classes in college and mm-hmm. high school and, and, you know, the theory of gravity and so forth. And back, interestingly, you know, when Isaac Newton was about 23, this is back 1665, the plague rolled through London and it, it killed lots of people. And basically what happened is Cambridge University shut down as did most of the institutions. So very similar to today, they had, they, they at that point had, uh, you know, seclusion. They had the shelter in place. Uh, and so Isaac Newton was forced to go back to his home, which was in a more rural area. And at this time, it was about 20 months. He had really no contact with, with, with other folks, with other students, with professors. But what he did was he took some of the key problems that him and his professors were studying at Cambridge on mathematics, and he started to really dig into those. So he took that downtime. And to your point just a moment ago, Mark, he said, I, I want to be part of the solution. And, and, and historians will say, arguably, those 20 months that he spent in isolation working on the gravity and some of these other theories were, were maybe the most prolific in the history of mathematics and, and optics and, 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 and some of the aspects of mechanics. So 
it's, it, you know, it's a, an example, obviously, from a long time ago, but a very similar situation. The plague rolled through. People had to shelter in place. There was isolation. And he really took it upon himself to say, what can I do here to drive new value and, and came up with some of the things that we're still talking about and using today. So, you know, I think to your point, let's think about where can we come up with some solutions to help the folks that we're working with, whatever capacity, be better today and in the, in the near future. My biggest concern is people are home because their job is not essential. And instead of setting themselves up for success, now, yes, you have your kids home, your spouse, the whole, the zoo, the cat, the dogs, and everything else. But what you can do is you can structure your day. You sit down with the family and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Okay. I'm going to work on my business during these hours. We're going to have family reading time during this time. We're going to have family game time during this time. And then structure your day. Your kids are used to having structure when they go to school. You're used to structure during the work day. So why not carry that through? My fear is a lot of people are sleeping in till 10, 11, 12 o'clock. Then they're binge watching Netflix all day long. And this thing, we're going to eventually get over. It's not going to kill 8 billion people. We're going to eventually come out of this. And those people who are binge watching all these shows on Netflix that, oh my gosh, they haven't watched yet. Like it's the end of the world. They're going to come out and they're like, oh man, I had all that time. I was complaining all this time about not having time to take this course, write this book, whatever the case may be. Now I'm back to work. Now I don't have time again. And that's my biggest fear is people are not using this time that they have. They're not looking at it as like a gift. They're looking at it like, oh, I'm sequestered. I'm quarantined. I have to stay at home. But they should look at it, in my opinion, as a gift. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I love the word that you use there that look at it as a gift because to your point, you know, most people would say we, you know, we don't have time. I don't have time to do this. And now everybody does have time. So what what I've told folks is, you know, re- in, in including my family as well as in myself is let's think about two things initially. Let's think about one core competency and a core competency is really kind of an area of knowledge. So is there one area that I'd like to get smarter and to, to know more about? And then think about capabilities. Are there one or two or three capabilities? So skill sets that I'd like to improve on. So if we pick even just one area of knowledge and and one or two skills that we want to get better at, then we say, okay, what's our plan for developing? So what I typically do is, is think about what's the goal? What do I want to achieve in those areas? And then very simply, what's my strategy? How am I going to go about getting better in those areas, that area of knowledge and and those one or two skill sets. And what I try and do is build kind of daily and weekly and monthly plans to get there because I'm a big believer that, you know, as we develop skills, it's got to be little chunks each day. Mm. Even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, we take those five, 10 minutes, we study something new. It really creates that spark. So I think you're right. I think, again, we don't want to be, whether it's a month from now or three months from now, we don't want to look back and say we wasted that time. So again, think about what are the, what, what's the area of knowledge and skills that I want to get better at so that when we are back into, let's say that, you know, that, that everyday interaction, we're going to be even better and, and more valuable to people. On my calendar every day, it's got spaces for personal development. Now, this may be watching some educational videos, reading a book, but I put it on my calendar because I'm a big fan, Rich, that if it gets scheduled, it's a high, much highly likelihood it's going to get done than if you just keep it up in your brain. So I actually schedule personal development time on my calendar. 
That's a great tip for everybody out there. What Mark just talked about is scheduling in the time. And I work with a lot of senior level executives and, in, um, and I've read some interviews with, with uh, Jeff Weiner, the CEO of LinkedIn, uh, Jack Dorsey, co-founder of Twitter, and they both echo exactly what Mark just talked about, that they carve in time in their calendar for their development and their thinking time. So, you know, I think Mark, you're, you're right on, you're right on spot is we, if you don't put it in your calendar, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. 100%. So let's take that, that thought of thinking and share with us a couple of, in your business, your 15 years, I think you said that you're owning your own business. What are some of the mistakes that people make when it comes to thinking? Yeah, I would say the, the, the biggest mistake is trying to think about too much. And what I mean by that is a lot of folks, if you say, okay, what what are your one or two top priorities? Oftentimes they'll give you a list of 10 or 15. Mm. And so part of the challenge of thinking is creating what I like to call kind of that sandbox. Again, if we, if, if we don't have a defined area of expertise and in, in, uh, in value that we can bring to other people, then it becomes, then it becomes everything is an opportunity. So what I like to do is say, we need kind of a funnel. You know, if you think about a funnel, part of that funnel is really what's the value that we're going to bring and then use that funnel to filter out the things that you do want to focus on. And then the things that are going to be kind of off limits or off the table. So I'm also a big believer in, in, in the idea of that not to do list. And that's been around for a long time. But I think the more crystal clear we are with what we're not going to spend time on. And again, you gave a great example, Mark, about, you know, binge watching on Netflix. You know, if, if you think about, okay, for my entertainment time this week, what am I not going to do? I'm not going to channel surf for 15 minutes watching, you know, reality shows that don't bring any value. I'm not going to do X, Y, or Z. So even if you create that, that three to five item not to do list, it really helps start to focus your thinking so that when you do take time to think, you're, you're locked in on a couple areas that, that can bring the most value. And I tell people that if you want to binge watch Netflix, then you got to put an end time on it. Don't don't watch the entire 10 episode season. Say we're going to watch two <laughs> episodes and then you watch two episodes and that's it. But what happens is people, they start watching them one episode. And of course, Netflix is so friendly. They just start the second episode and the third episode and the fourth episode. All of a sudden <laughs> right. you sit nine hours. Netflix is not your fun, not your friend. So what you right. need to do is say, listen. We're going to sit down as a family or as a couple, and we're going to watch two episodes. That's it. At the end of the second episode, we turn the TV off because we're still the human being. You can actually turn the power button, click it, and the TV goes off, and then you can walk away and do something. But what happens is because these streaming services just want to keep you there until you die, just like social media, it just keeps rolling. So we have to be the human being. I just want to point that out. Now, I have another follow-up question to your thinking too much. Why do you think we tend to overthink or think too much? Well, I think the the main reason is because we are inundated with lots of different sources of information. So Mm. like you said, we're getting a lot of things on social media, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook, Instagram. And then we're also getting, you know, you still have uh, cable TV. You've got news channels like CNN and CNBC and Fox and all of those. And then you've got newspapers, you've got business journals, you've got the internet. So there's so many sources of information and data that it, it, it becomes like this fire hose that's continually spraying us. And if you don't have a filter or that sandbox or that funnel 
to say, this is the areas that I want to focus on, then, then we start to just ponder so many little things. And, 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 you know, it's, it's that, that analogy of, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide, you know, Mm. we're not really getting into anything deep enough where we can have a thoughtful conversation or bring some new value or create a new book or create a new product or create a new service because we're spread so thin in so many different directions. So you know, I, I really think it's being able to, to again, pull back, think about what are those areas of knowledge and skills that I want to get better at, that I can help people get better at, in, in whether it's in my business or other businesses, and then really kind of keep our thinking harnessed into, into those areas. You know, I don't know how, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 54 and I remember when there was only four TV stations. There was ABC, CBS, NBC and PBS. This is before Fox, okay? And right. and we used to do this weird thing after school. We used to go outside and play. And we used to <laughs> we used to play games you can't play anymore like cops and robbers and cowboys and Indians. We just go get a stick out in the woods and we'd have a grand old time. And although we did have distractions back then, but we didn't have social media, we didn't have the internet, didn't have cable TV, we didn't have VCRs. You're are you old enough to remember when there was no VCRs? Yeah, I'm, oh. Mark, I'm, I'm about your age, so oh, I'm, I absolutely do. Okay, so back then we didn't have all this noise, and we actually, I felt we were closer. I mean, I didn't call people. I went over to their friends and went to their houses and knocked on my friend's door and said, you want to come outside? Now... Kids don't even go outside. I mean, they go outside to get the mail, maybe, and come back in. That's it. And, you know, the joke is they do one sit up a day. They do half when they wake up and the other half when they go to bed. Uh, I'm not sure their thumbs are in really good shape. They can, they should have Olympics for uh, thumbs and texting. They'd be really good at that. But it's really sad because you are right. We have so much noise in our world today. And you have to work. It's kind of weird. Back in when we were growing up, you had to work really hard to get information. Now you have to work really hard to get away from the information. It's, it's amazing how we've come full circle. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like you said, I think I think the thing today is how do you take all of that information and turn it into insight, you know, because there's a big difference between information, which is raw facts, raw data, raw opinion, and then insight, which, which I define as a learning that leads to new value. And so again, if, if, if we're collecting all information from all sources, we're never going to be able to turn that in, into insights. That's why you, you've really got to pick a few areas. You know, I, I you know, I, I like your idea of, you know, earlier of, you know, picking a couple sources. Um, for information, you know, whether it's the evening newscast or, you know, social media for a few minutes, you know, have a time frame on it. You've got to really hone in on where the areas that you can get good information and then tune the other ones out. Because again, I think, you know, being, being a good thinker is as much about what we think about just as much as what we decide not to think about. 100%. And people may not know how this podcast got started in July 7, 2017. That spring, the spring of 2017, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk said, say rather that the future is voice and audio and everyone should have a podcast. Well, back in the day, I was a radio DJ and a lot of people comment, well, you sound like a radio DJ. Well, I used to be a radio DJ back in the day. <laughs> and I remember when I was a DJ playing records, none of this MP3 stuff. I used to play actually records. And, and I said, you know what? I could be a, I could be a podcaster. And so I went out and bought a microphone, cost me 90 bucks. And I went to this website no one's ever heard of called google.com. You should check it out, Rich. It's a really fantastic website and typed in, <laughs> how do you start a podcast? And I just started my podcast. I didn't take all these courses and follow all these thought leaders and, and ponder it. And, and I just did it. 
And I was my podcast the number one podcast in the world? No. But you know what? There's a lot of people listening to this conversation, Rich, who have been thinking about podcasts for a year or two years, and they're still thinking about it. Or I took action because I didn't overwhelm myself with all the information. I said, you know what? That sounds good. I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out how to do it. And I launched it. That's what makes the difference between people who are successful and people who are just going, oh man, someday I'm going to write a book or someday I'm going to start a podcast. It's the implementation. It's the action. It's getting off your duff and actually doing something. Yeah. You know, I, I love that idea. I mean, as you describe it, it's, it's really, you know, the way I'm thinking about what you're saying is, you know, think, act and repeat. I mean, yes. that, that's what you've got to do. You can't just think, think, think. You've got to, you've got to act and then you got to learn from that. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've made modifications mm-hmm. and, and, and things as you've gone around. You've, you've, you've used some of your learnings to, to, to continue to enhance and improve on what you do. Um, but I, I love that idea of taking action. I think, you know, not, nothing good happens without action. Um, so yes. you've got to be able to, especially today, you know, take action. And again, it's easy to get paralyzed by fear and uncertainty. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are unknown right now. But to your point, what can we control and what can we act on? And, and we've got to do that. Yes. And <laughs> I, I just think it's funny because you talked about, you know, we're thinking too much. And then you said think and then act. But if you're thinking too much about too many things, well, you're never going to get the act stage because like you said, you're going to think, 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 think. And you're going to keep on thinking because you keep exposing yourself to all these new ideas and you're never going to get to the action part. And the only way you can think, act and repeat is if you're limiting the exposure you're getting from everything. So you have time to act. That's what you're saying, right? That, that's exactly it, Mark. And, and you, you make a great point because I think what, what a lot of people do is they believe they're thinking, but what they're simply doing is they're reacting to information and data and stuff that's coming at them. So they're not thinking really, they're just reacting and processing. Mm. Thinking is really, and, and you said it before, it's really stepping back to carve out time you know, to really thoughtfully consider what's happening to me. Where, where do I want to play? Where do I want to bring value? And then how do I do that? What's my plan to do it? And then go out and do it. And, and again, I think if we're, if we're too paralyzed by uncertainty and you, we're always waiting for the perfect time, you know, it's never going to be the perfect time. So, you know, I love the fact, like you said, you know, you, you decided this is what I want to do. I want to start this podcast and boom, you did it. Yeah. Now, I want to talk to you about, I love the title of one of your books. You got to explain this. Strategy Man versus the Anti-Strategy Squad, Using Strategic Thinking to Defeat Bad Strategy and Save Your Plan. So, Strategy Man versus the Anti-Strategy Squad, it sounds like something from Marvel Comics. Well, I'm glad you said that, Mark, because uh, that was really kind of the inspiration. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> But, but yeah, that, I mean, Marvel and DC, you know, with the resurgence, you know, if you think about the last 10 years, you know, with, with, with the number one, the, the top 10 movies each year, there's always a couple from Marvel yes. or DC, you know, on that list, you know, whether it's the Avengers or Captain America or Iron Man, I mean, they're always on the list. And, you know, I think the reason is because stories are, you know, Stories, you know, go go back to the Bible. I mean, stories are something that we all remember, whether it's Cinderella or Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. We remember stories and we remember characters. So, you know, to your point, I'm always challenging the folks I work with. What are you doing differently? And, you know, this was about 
10 years ago, I was saying, you know, what are you doing, Rich? What are you doing differently? And mm. so I saw the emergence of the, the comic books back then. And I said, you know, I want to try and take strategy and, and really use that vehicle of kind of the comic book to, to communicate some of the key principles. So that's kind of how Strategy Man was born. And I did research on the top 20 challenges that managers face and decided to embody those challenges into villains. So, you know, fire drills became fire driller, bad meetings became the meeting <laughs> menace. And, and, uh, you know, it kind of grew from there. Nice. Now, I got to ask this question because you brought up Marvel and DC. Well, actually, I did, but you expanded upon it. What character, what Marvel or DC character, if you could, would you like to have their their qualities or their special powers of? Wow, that's a great question. And I, I, I have to think about that. You know, I guess I would say, um, I think I would say Captain America. And here's okay. why. You know, I think Captain America is probably the one that most of us are are closest to because you know he he can't necessarily fly he doesn't have x-ray vision you know he's not the strongest person out there but he's really committed to a cause and i think you know if you think about what's been happening the last couple of years you know with the the emergence of the kind of the reemergence of purpose and mission mm-hmm. you know i think having a really strong purpose oftentimes can overcome a lot of the 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 weaknesses or the 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 flaws that we have and you know i've got as many flaws as anybody out there uh, but, but again you know i have a purpose i have a mission which is to to really help people think strategically to set direction for themselves so i, I think i think that's probably the person i'd relate to how about you mark uh, which which what one would you pick well thank you for asking but i don't have any uh profound reason why I chose mine. I would choose Iron Man because I just like his suit to be able to fly and shoot those <laughs> things out of, you know, to, I, this would be really cool. And I really like the later movies, like the later Avenger movies where you can actually, like, he doesn't even just carry a suit in a suitcase anymore. It's like in right. a shoe or something like that. That's pretty stinking cool. I, I really like that. So I, I choose Iron Man because I think he looks cool. I, I, I'm with you. Plus, you got the whole Tony Stark driving the, you know, the the million dollar sports car. So that would be a nice, uh, a nice perk too. Yeah, it would be. And of course, he's very smart too, at least in the movies. So very interesting. Well, Rich, before we close, is there anything we didn't talk about on the show today that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, the one other thing I would just add, Mark, I think, and, and I really appreciate the, the great questions today, is is especially today as we as we deal with uncertainty you know one of the things we've got to remember is that anytime we want new growth in our lives whether it's our business our personal lives our relationships we have to that's always going to be driven by new thinking you know it doesn't happen on accident we need to as you said earlier we need to carve out time to to really think about what are we going to do differently that's going to bring value to to other people so you know the thing i would leave with folks is you know Take time to record your insights, that, those learnings that lead to new value. Because if you record those learnings, you, you know, you look at Richard Branson, who is the billionaire from Virgin. Yep. You look at James Dyson, um, the inventor of the Dyson vacuum. All those great, great successful entrepreneurs were big believers in writing down their ideas. And that's really what drove their success. So I guess the last thing I'd say is just, you know, find a place, whether it's on your smartphone or your computer or maybe a notebook and really jot down your ideas, take time, as you said earlier, to go back, look at those ideas. And I think that can really be a source of great value to your success in the future. I appreciate you saying that because my listeners know I've been saying that for years. You got to get the stuff out of your head because you are going to forget it later. And if you truly want to remember something, 
write it down, record it someplace. So I appreciate you saying that. So final question for you, sir, is where can we find more about you online? Yeah. So the best place would be strategyskills.com. So strategyskills.com, a lot of free resources there, uh, infographics, white papers, templates, things like that to, to really help you, you know, methodically think about uh, your business and uh, in your life. Excellent. Well, Rich, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. It was an absolute delight for you to be on the show and share your wisdom with us. I just hope, as I always do with every guest I have on the show, that somebody takes one thing that you said. Don't take more than one because you get overwhelmed and you won't do anything. Just take one thing that resonated with you and go implement it and then reach out to Rich and tell him because that's called social accountability. So, Rich, thank you so much for being on the show. Mark, thank you very much and really appreciate the work that you do in your podcast. It's very inspiring to a lot of us out there. So keep up the great work. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com and register for the free live webinar this Saturday morning, April 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern time. It's called How to Be Productive Every Day. It's free. It's live. There's no slides. It's just me on camera and there's no replay. So if you're interested, you can go to mrproductivity.com, click the banner at the top of my webpage, or you can go to the show notes here on this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast and register there. I really hope to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.